Because Moneyball is still in theaters at the time of this release, the first few minutes of this episode will be spoiler-free. You just watching episode 26, Moneyball. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. Thank you for joining me for this episode where I share critical thinking for the entertained Christian. This is a podcast where we normally teach you critical thinking skills when it comes to your entertainment. Now, remember, this is entertainment. It's supposed to be entertaining. Go ahead and enjoy a movie first. And go back and watch it and think critically about it. But sometimes you don't have that opportunity. And sometimes, well, not just sometimes, it's always a good idea to build these critical thinking skills, especially as Christians. We as Christians are often accused of not thinking or turning off our critical thinking skills. But actually, we have more reason than anybody else to think critically. You know why? There's a lot of garbage out there professing to be the truth, and it's not. God's Word tells us what the truth is, and God tells us throughout Scripture to seek knowledge, to seek wisdom and understanding, and to search the Scriptures ourselves, even when we hear preaching from the Word of God, to search the Scriptures ourselves to see whether those things be true. So, if God wants us to think critically about the preaching of His own Word, how much more does He want us to think critically about the stuff that we hear from the world? So, we have so much more of a mandate to think critically about what we see, what we hear, even what we do on our own. So, I highly encourage you, get in the habit of thinking critically about things. Well, again, Eve Franklin wasn't able to join me for this episode, but we do have a DVD episode uh, or a DVD review coming up very soon, and we want your help picking which movie we're going to review. So go over to our Facebook page, which is over at facebook.com slash watching, or if you visit the website areyoujustwatching.com, you'll see the links to our face group, Facebook group and specifically the links to this particular poll. But we have a poll going where we are asking what movie, DVD movie, you think we should watch next. And here are our suggestions right now in this list. The Adjustment Bureau, Knowing, Sucker Punch, Source Code, Soul Surfer, that's a lot of S's, Thor, or X-Men First Class. And right now the poll is leaning in the direction of the Adjustment Bureau. So let us know which of these DVD-based movies you would like us to review next, and we'll be recording that episode within a couple weeks. But we would like to get your vote in by the end of Sunday, September 25th. So let us know by then. You can vote in the poll or just send us an email, feedback at noodle.mx, or call 859-353-4332. But this episode is about Moneyball. Moneyball is a, uh, a movie about baseball, but also it's a movie about the people that try to find a new way of working inside the system, a new way of winning while working inside the system. They don't try and change the system necessarily. They are accused of that, 
but they're trying to work within this system. And the movie is entertaining. It's not as funny as I expected it to be based on the trailer, but it was still a fun movie. The language was a bit strong. Uh, They are stretching the bounds of a PG-13 rating. Now, I think because of some of the words they used, it should get an R rating, but they allow that stuff now in PG-13 movies. So that's uh, frustrating, but that's the way the world is going. But it was a good movie, especially for a sports fan, to see this retelling of historical events. And it was entertaining. I wouldn't say it was boring, but it was entertaining. It it certainly wasn't a, a home run in terms of entertainment for me, but it it's also not a very heavy hitter against critical thinking and pushing a certain philosophical worldview or anything like that. And uh, baseball metaphors and puns are probably going to fly in this episode. Baseball is the one sport I played as a kid, but I'm not very much into sports nowadays. I'll play like volleyball every now and then, but not much into sports beyond that. But Moneyball does open up some great conversations that we can have and that we will explore in the rest of this episode. Stuff like grace and morals and goals and a little bit more too. So if you get to see the movie and have thoughts of your own, please let us know what you think of it and also what you think of this episode. Feedback at noodle.mx or call 859-353-4332 or leave a comment in the show notes at areyoujustwatching.com slash 26. Now, if you don't want to be spoiled by the end of the movie or by things that happen in the movie, pause this episode now and come back to us after you've watched Moneyball. If you don't mind being spoiled or Moneyball just isn't your kind of movie, then go ahead and keep listening because there will be some spoilers in the rest of this episode. So make sure you check out the website, areyoujustwatching.com. Oh, before I give it, get into the spoilers, also vote for us in the podcast awards or nominate us in the podcast awards if there's still time left. Nominate Are You Just Watching for films or movies slash films, Christian Meets World for Religion Inspiration, The Audacity to Podcast for Technology, and The Ramen Noodle for Clean Comedy Podcast. More information about that is over at areyoujustwatching.com slash podcast awards and link in the show notes. Now for the rest of this discussion that will contain spoilers. Right away, there's this concept of the performance of players because what happened to the Oathland Athletics who was man- who were managed by Billy Bean, a former sports player himself and baseball star, they lose their top three players to their competitors, New York Yankees. So they've lost their top three players and they're trying to figure out how do we replace these players when we can't afford them. And they even say, we're pretty much just paying for the New York Yankees to get a new team by finding these people. And then the Yankees come and offer them tons of money. So they take a different approach, which we'll get into in a moment. But while they are trying to figure out what players they could get or other people, and they're, they're taking the typical approach of who are good performers and all of this, they raise a couple issues like, well, he's got an ugly girlfriend, which means he has low self-confidence or some other things. And they say that this one character is 
a a drinker and he's in strip clubs and all of this stuff. But Billy uh, implies that what's more important is his performance as a player, what he does on the field, not what he does off the field. Doesn't that kind of remind you of some political situations we've had in the past, like former President Bill Clinton and his morality, uh, how the nation has decided that, or not the entire nation, but popular opinion, or at least the news media thinks that a president's morality does not reflect on his leadership skills or leading the country uh, politically or economically or anything like that that they place more emphasis on the performance rather than the morality. Now, I thought of a scripture here that is a good reminder about morality and who we choose to be around, not just people we select to be in a team, but who we choose to be around, whose team we choose to join. 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty three through 34 says, Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Become sober-minded as you ought, and stop sinning, for some have no knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. That's from Paul. And it's important for us to not forget the morals of people and realize that those morals rub off. When we're building a team and we select people to be in that team, their morals will rub off on other people and will reflect on the project. This is something I really appreciate about the movie Courageous, and you'll learn a bit more about this uh, very soon, as maybe even as early as the next episode will be about the movie Courageous, is that behind the production of Courageous, they spoke of how they asked the cast if there's anything that you have in your life that will be a tarnish to the message of this movie. Deal with that thing now or else leave the movie. And some people left, some people dealt with it. And that is a great example, a costly one, but great example of filtering out and remembering that it is about the morals and how the morals reflect on each other, influence others, and reflect on the overall thing. There is some edifying morality in this, in that we see this one man, perhaps a Christian, maybe a Catholic, he's religious of some sort. He comes up to Billy Bean and says, I'm going to be praying for you and your family, which is a very kind statement and especially interesting because Billy is divorced and he has a 12 or 13 year old daughter now and his ex-wife is remarried to someone, well, we don't know that for sure that he she's remarried, but she's with some other guy. We assume she's remarried, and it's a good statement praying for him and his family, and uh, it, especially if it's genuinely meant by the person who said it. But this is brought up as kind of a comic moment in the movie and an awkward comic moment, as then Billy replies, "No problem." After this awkward silence, if he doesn't know how to respond to anything, he just says, no problem. But that same player, we later see in a very engaged conversation with someone and uh, with another player in the team in the lockers, and they're both smiling, they're talking, they're animated in their conversation, and that player seems to be holding a Bible. Now, it's 
it's so brief of a glimpse that you can't read too much into it, but it, it was something nice there. And certainly we sports teams are not uh, immune from having Christians and many Christians, yes, are in sports teams and try to minister to the other players. And that's fantastic that they do that. Be ministers where you can. A very strong concept throughout all of Moneyball. And when I connected these dots, it was like, oh, wow, that's awesome. The concept of grace. See, early in Moneyball, they say people are overlooked for a variety of reasons. And it is part of this philosophy that drives Billy and his assistant general manager, Pete, who was the one who said that statement, it drives them both to start looking for and strategically acquiring these different players, these overlooked players. And it's it's neat to see them go to someone who, for example, has an injury or they're old or they seem unskilled in certain ways. Like this one particular person uh, has an elbow injury and he's saying, I I can't throw a ball. My elbow is bad. I can't do anything. And they offer him a role in the team. And it's an awesome picture of grace because here are people who seem to be unqualified. But Billy, the general manager of the team, sees something in them that they don't see. He sees where they're qualified and how they fit into his plan for the team. Are you seeing the correlations here between that and grace? Whereas there are so many things in our lives or in our yeah, in our lives that might seem that we're not qualified to do certain stuff for God or we don't know what we could do for God or we don't know how to use our talents, or we feel like we failed with some of our talents, or don't have talents, and all of this, that doesn't matter to God. See, to God, He can still select us for special purposes and has special plans for our lives. I I am not a big advocate of that preaching method of God loves you and He has a special plan for your life, but it is true. that God does have a special plan that we can be a part of. And he does not look at the outside things, those skills and abilities and talents and qualifications and all of that. I've brought this verse up several times before. 1 Samuel 16, 7, while Samuel is looking at the sons of Jesse to try and find the new king, God says to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For God sees not as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And just look at the people in Scripture that have been used by God, and we see this same thing, that they are often, they're not the cream of the crop. They are not the industry leaders or the experts. Yes, some of them are, certainly. And that shows that God can use rich people. He can use affluent people. He can use uh, popular people. But also the majority of the people we see in scripture are like average people. Maybe even people that have been in some sense rejects or outcasts in their area. 
But God doesn't look on the outside. He looks at the heart. Take a look at Hebrews 11. And it's the faith chapter in scripture. It's all of this stuff about by faith, so-and-so did this, by faith, so-and-so did this, by faith. He had faith in God. She had faith in God. And all of this stuff, and even stuff there isn't room to mention within that chapter, and they just name people as demonstrating faith. Read all of Hebrews 11. Then look at the first couple verses of Hebrews 12. It says, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I like how it reminds us that Christ is the perfecter, the author and perfecter of faith. And it's not up to us to perfect our faith or perfect our talents or abilities. It is up to us to give them to God and to serve God with them. But we don't have to perfect them. In fact, I believe that when God calls us, he often calls us to something that is beyond ourselves. Well, of course, it's something for God. It's going to be beyond ourselves. But I mean, something that's going to stretch us, something that we might feel we don't have the talents for. I believe that God equips us for those things, that he pours out grace on us to do his will. I remember growing up hearing one definition of grace was the desire and power to do God's will. And another definition being unmerited favor from God. And certainly in Moneyball, we see that there are people that they don't deserve, or it seems they don't deserve to be picked up by a major league team, or they don't deserve to be in baseball anymore. They're injured. They can't help anymore and all of this. But they're picked up anyway, and in fact, some of them are even trained to play baseball or play certain positions that they're picked up for, which does lead to uh, quite the comedy, but also a good lesson of God's grace and his equipping us for his purposes. In Moneyball, it's, it's funny that they call it Moneyball because it might sound like it's all about the money. In a sense, it's about money, yes. They named their method, Pete and Billy named their method Moneyball, but not because they're in this for the money, but because they were trying to do the best with their money. They had a very small budget, and they had to try to figure out how can they build a winning team with such a small budget. So they're not in this for money. They're in it for that win. And in fact, near the end, Pete says to Billy that, uh, or Billy said, rather, Billy says it to Pete that he says, I'm not in it for a record. He's not even in this for fame, for fortune, for anything like that, because he's offered a very high paying position. The highest paid general manager position in the history of baseball at that point was to become the general manager for the Boston Red Sox. $12.5 million is at least what they showed in the movie. That's a lot of money. 
and he turned it down because he wanted to stay with the Oakland Athletics. And what he saw as his goal is, and he kept saying this, is he's holding out. He's wanting that last win because it's the last win that everyone remembers or the last loss. The last game is what everyone remembers. It's just like when you give a a message, a public speech, your opening statement and closing statements are the most important because opening statement gives the impression, grabs people's attention. Closing statement is what they're going to remember the best of what you shared. So, this reminded me then of Paul's words to us in Colossians or in 1 Corinthians 9:24 through 27. Paul says, "Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They then do it to receive a perishable a perishable wreath. But we imperishable. Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not beating the air. But I discipline my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to the others, I myself will not be disqualified. It's a good verse talking about a couple things, several things. Well, every verse is a good verse. But it reminds us that we are running that race. Just like Hebrews 12 said, we are running a race too, and we must all run the race with diligence and perseverance. In Colossians 3, 24 through 25, it says, whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for men. Even if our work is for men, we're still to do it heartily as if we're working for the Lord. Because really, if we're in Christ, we are working for the Lord. We, are, we have a reputation to reflect Christ. So we should be working for the Lord because we are working for the Lord. It says, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. It is the Lord Christ whom you serve. So we should be running that race. We should be going after that last win of the games because if we don't finish well, we won't receive that reward. Just a few other random thoughts from Moneyball is there was a spot where uh, Billy was being highly criticized by the other people in his scouting team who were trying to get these different players to replace members on the team. And Billy said that he he needs to adapt or die. And it's a familiar phrase. In fact, it was a very prominent phrase in the movie Hannah, which, by the way, Hannah, I thought was a dumb movie. It was really weird, too. But this concept of adapt or die is also very familiar to the evolutionary belief, because in there, it's survival of the fittest. Either we adapt to something or we die. In many ways, it is actually a true statement but in many, in many ways, it isn't. That could be a whole other topic there to explore. But the, the concept of adapt or die, we do need to adapt our methods to, especially in evangelism, what worked for the Greeks didn't work for the Jews. What worked for the Jews didn't work for the Greeks. That's what Paul and uh, the others found 
in the Peter, Paul and Peter, very different preachers, very different styles, very different audiences. And Paul talked about to the Greek, I become a Greek, to the Jews, I become a Jew, and to this, to reach to these people. We do have to adapt. But the the general concept of when people say adapt or die is kind of the survival of the fittest approach. Also, during the conversation that Billy was having with the manager of the Boston Red Sox, the manager there said something about science and kind of praised science. And he jokingly said that uh, science might offer the solution to the curse of the Bambino. And it's a, I don't know what kind of Bambino he was talking about, but the, there is a concept behind this of science fixing everything, fixing all our problems. And this is a very prominent thing in science fiction. It's the basis for Star Trek is that Gene Roddenberry envisioned a world where there was no hunger and there, there was no uh, war where science had solved a lot of things and throughout the Star Trek series, Star Trek series, they talk about how religion had been pushed out because of science and all of this stuff. And it's a very common thing, even in just the world, not science fiction, just in the world. People think that science pushes out religion and that science can solve all of our problems. Well, guess what? Science can't solve sin unless science brings you to death, and then, yeah, you're not going to sin anymore, but unless you're in Christ, you've got bigger problems. And I'm recording this live right now, and in the chat room, J.J. Lestrand has pointed out that Babe Ruth is Bambino. And yeah, I I saw that too, and there are a few other things. You can just look up on Wikipedia and see all the things that Bambino could mean, and I just, I didn't see much of it there. It was funny-sounding statement, but I don't know are quite what they meant, the curse of the Bambino. Or if you know, let us know. So what did you think of uh, Moneyball, if you were able to see it? Or if you've just seen the the trailers for it, what do you think of Moneyball? What do you think of the thoughts that I've raised here in this conversation? Please let me know. Send that to feedback at noodle.mx or call 859 353 or leave a comment in the show notes at areyoujustwatching.com slash 26. Like I mentioned before, we would like to know what DVD movie you want us to review next. So check out facebook.com slash areyoujustwatching and vote in our poll, and I'll have a link to that in the show notes. And please nominate us in the podcast awards. The Noodle Mix Network podcasts are all up to be nominated. So nominate Are You Just Watching for movies slash films. Nominate The Ramen Noodle for a clean comedy podcast, not or for comedy, and nominate The Audacity Podcast for technology, and nominate Christian Meets World for religion inspiration. And if you haven't checked out these other podcasts that we have, please do so, because you might find some stuff that you really like, and like everybody needs to laugh, so... Laughter is good medicine, it's good for the soul, and all of that stuff. That's biblical, you know. So you should check out cleancomedypodcast.com and the other shows that we have as part of the Noodle Mix Network. And if you go to areyoujustwatching.com, you'll see on the right side there's that new widget that says that you can sign up for updates and free critical thinking tips via email. 
So sign up for that. I promise you won't be spammed. When you sign up, you get the option to sign up for our other newsletters too from the other podcasts. And I haven't sent anything out yet. And if you've been on the mailing list for a while, you know that I don't spam people. So you don't have to worry about that. Your information's safe and secure. So check that out. Check out these links that we've mentioned in the show notes at areyoujustwatching.com slash 26. Make sure that you leave us a review in iTunes and uh, rate us there. Five stars would be great. Tell your friends about the podcast and get a lot of other listeners to us. Check us out on the web. Subscribe to us. Are you just watching.com? Check out the Facebook page, facebook.com slash are you just watching? Follow me on twitter.com slash the ramen noodle. Follow Eve Franklin on twitter.com slash Eve Franklin. So let us know what you think and leave us your feedback. For Eve Franklin, I'm Daniel J. Lewis. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll hear from you soon, I hope. Don't just watch. Are You Just Watching is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network at noodle.mx. Our opening vocal talent was thanks to Mariah. The theme song is used courtesy of Answers in Genesis. For more great podcasts like this one, visit the Noodle Mix Network at noodle.mx. That's noodle.mx. And if you need any website design, podcast cover art, presentation design, or anything like that, please let me know. Email this address, daniel at djosephdesign.com, and I would love to design that stuff for you, and I would really appreciate the business too. If you know someone else who needs a website designed and you refer them to me, I'll give you 10% of their first project purchase, so I'd love to get some referrals as well. Check out my site over there at djosephdesign.com and email me directly if you have any questions on that. Daniel at djosephdesign.com.